You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour on this Thursday, Deion Sanders will join us and the great Raiders defensive end, Max Crosby. You know how he got his first name spelled M-A-X-X? Anybody? Anybody? Well, word has it that he was such a big baby when he was born. They had an add an extra X to him because he was almost 12 pounds at birth. They decided to name him Max, but then he was XXL, so they added uh, another X there. Yeah, Paul? You know, if they put one more X on it, he would have a whole different oh, career. Oh, yes. You indeed. know what I mean? Yes. Fritzy? Speaking of which, Lovesack, all of our in-studio guests week, this week are sitting on a couch provided by Lovesack. The Sactional is the world's most adaptable couch. And with uh, just a few seats and a few sides, you can easily rearrange your Sactionals to meet your needs. Machine washable, over 250 cover options allow you to reinvent the look of your couch again and again and again. Designed for life, Sactionals are built to last a lifetime and come with a lifetime guarantee. Uh, poll question for the final hour, Paulie. What are we going with? Who would you least like to fight? Ooh. Former Steeler James Harrison is running away with it, but Max Crosby is up to 20%. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. I want to thank uh, the folks who came out last night. We had a little uh, impromptu meet and greet at Big Dean's in Santa Monica. Great hospitality. And uh, if you go there, ask for Mary Francis. Mary Francis, the bartender. And Mary Francis will take on all comers when it comes to uh, who can down a beer. Seton, uh, Seton took a shot at the throne. Yeah, yeah. You did okay. Yeah. You, you, you took her to the wire there. Sort of throwback to the West Virginia days. Like, yeah. Hey, man, I think I remember doing this. Yeah. And uh, some of the uh, BRGs, backroom guys. I, I know Dylan. Dylan tried to. Got a little banged up there. But uh, Mary Francis, once the Detroit Red Wings came in there a couple of years ago, and they had heard about Mary Francis being able to drink beer real quick. So they laughed. The big hockey players came in, and Mary Francis basically, basically dusted off the uh, Detroit Red Wings. She's probably, um, you know, 5'5", five, 5'6", five, five, maybe 5'4", somewhere around there. Unassuming, you would go, uh, who's the, uh, the great drinker in here? Uh, she is over there. You don't see it coming. You really don't. You're like, really? No kidding. I know. It's, it's one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, but we had a lot of fun, and we had some people who showed up. So it was great to see uh, some of our audience there. NBA trade deadlines, obviously a fascinating time, because the deadline offers contending teams a unique opportunities to solidify their roster before the playoffs. And throughout the history of the NBA, we've seen the deadline help out some teams competing for a title. I go back to the Pistons. They acquired Mark Aguirre at the deadline in 1989. That helped push Detroit past Magic Johnson and the Lakers. Uh, Fifteen years later, Detroit acquired... Rashid Wallace from the Blazers, once again, the trade deadline, helped the Pistons win a title. That's going to encourage a lot of these teams. You know, do the Nets do something? Do the Bulls? Do the Lakers? The 76ers? If history has any indication, a trade at the deadline could be the answer. And with so many big names available, or at least we think they're available, maybe we see an unsuspecting team become a title contender. I don't know if James Harden's on the move. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski had a report this morning that James Harden wants out of Brooklyn, but he doesn't want to announce that he wants out of Brooklyn. He's worried, I, I guess, what the, the uh, blowback would be. When has James Harden ever cared about what people thought of him? That's surprising. What about the Rockets, James? He didn't care about getting out of uh, Houston there, going to the Nets, but... 
Trade deadline, maybe, maybe Ben Simmons is going to play this season. Some phone calls. Phil in Indiana leads us off this hour. Hi, Phil. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. Always a great pleasure. I I really wanted you to have Joe Buck on this week just to hear him say, I'm Joe Buck alongside me, the Hall of Famer, Dan Patrick. Um, Hey, I did did want to comment on Aikman. I'm not a big Cowboys fan, Dan, but I will say this. I think Aikman's career, if it's possible, is actually underappreciated. I think there were a lot of stars on that team. I think Aikman, Aikman was the key to that whole thing, and I really wanted to get your thoughts on that. Have a great rest of the week, buddy. Thank you, Phil. Always great to hear from you. You know, Troy wasn't about numbers. Troy was about what do we do to win this game. And, you know, Troy was a game manager. You know, if I need to throw the ball, throw the ball. If I need to hand the ball off to Emmett Smith, but a high-end version of a game manager. And I know that I've upset quarterbacks in the past by calling him game managers. And I always point out uh, Art Starr, game manager. Bob Greasy, game manager. There are Alex Smith, game manager. There, there are quarterbacks who it's not about their numbers. It's about what do I need to do this week or what do I need to do this quarter. And I always have great respect for the You know, Troy's numbers, without those Super Bowls, he's not in the Hall of Fame. But because of how he played, they won those Super Bowls. And I think that... You know, that needs to be – we think of quarterbacks as just let's go out there and put up a lot of numbers. And Troy wasn't about that. Troy was about what do you need me to do? When do you need me to do it? And Terry Bradshaw was the same way. Terry won four Super Bowls. They had a great running game. They had a lot of talent. They had an unbelievable defense. And Terry understood, I'm going to make a couple big plays. But I don't have to be the reason why we win a game. And I have great respect for that. Joe Burrow, the Bengals quarterback, talked about – LSU and being in the Super Bowl with the Bengals. It's a similar feeling. I would say the Super Bowl were here longer. I think we we left for, I guess the national title was in New Orleans, so we didn't have to go super far, but here we're probably here a little bit longer. I would say the feeling in the locker room is very similar. We have, like I said before, you know, it's all about the relationships that you build within the locker room that carry over onto the field. And it's all about trust and, and understanding that the guys on the opposite side of the ball are going to do their jobs just like they expect you to do your jobs. And that starts in the locker room, and those locker room relationships feel very similar from, from two years ago. That's Joe Burrow. His uh, college coach, Ed Orgeron, will join us tomorrow. We'll talk about how he recruited Joe Burrow. And also, I found out yesterday that Jamar Chase did not want to go to LSU because Les Miles wanted Jamar Chase to be a defensive back. And Ed Orgeron changed that when he told his mom, no, he's going he's gonna to be a wide receiver. He, he's not going to be a defensive back. And uh, they were able to get, you know, Jamar Chase and, and bring him in and saying you're going to be – look at the number of players who coaches tried to make into defensive backs. So Robert Griffin, Jr. the third, and uh, that was Texas. Johnny Manziel, Texas, defensive backs. And uh, so many of these players that they, they go in wanting to be a quarterback, they end up a wide receiver sometimes. Or you have somebody who's going to be – uh, a lineman, or uh, they're going to be a linebacker. They make him a tight end. You know, ha- being adaptable is is important. But Jamar Chase, and we'll talk to uh, Ed Orgeron about that. He's got so many recruiting stories. I, I, I mean, I look forward to talking to him tomorrow. Adam Sandler will join us on the program wow. tomorrow as well. The Sandman. Cameron in Indiana joins us. Hey, Cam, what's on your mind? 
Hey guys, so I got a I got a bet for y'all that I want to run by you. Uh oh. All right, so here's the deal. Yesterday you mentioned that you'd want to win a hundred yard dash, so I will take Fritzy in a hundred yard dash against any uh, cast members that you all put together. If he wins, y'all will have to eat a ghost pepper hot wing. And if he loses, I'll do a polar plunge, and uh, I'll send the film to you guys. Wait, you got Fritzy running against us? Yep, I'll take a 100-yard dash against any of the cash you put together, and I'll take Fritzy winning. Cam, you're tanking worse than the Miami Dolphins are. Like, what do you – all right. That is a wild bet right there. Okay, all right. So, uh, I guess you're on, Cam. I don't. He must I, like punishment. Or I, I don't know if Cam's watched the show before. Is he just like listening? Maybe it's, it's just a radio thing for him. If he tunes into Peacock, I can't see how he could possibly. Like you don't even sound like you're fast. <laughs> I, I haven't actually tried to run in many years. I like I'll jog to you know like the deli or something like that. Well, we did the sausage race in Milwaukee, and I was extremely hot and I almost passed and out. We we thought we were going to lose you that day, but uh, we did a hundred yard dash a couple of years ago, and you didn't want to be part of that. Yeah, I think I just timed everybody. I didn't even participate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ah, seven point three six, Paul. Good job. Uh, Nick in Iowa. Hi, Nick. What's on your mind? Hey, DB. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I don't know what the heck uh, Cam in, in Indiana is talking about. Anyway, um, I wanted to know your guys' opinion. There's been a lot made about uh, Super Bowl halftime show. Which perfor- Super Bowl halftime performance do you think is the best to date? We've talked about this. I think if you would have been there, Prince, when he was performing in the rain, when he's doing Purple Rain in the rain, and he's just such an incredible musician. He was. Uh, Springsteen was a lot of fun. Uh, but to be... I don't know. It just felt like there was something different, bigger, dangerous about Prince when he did it. So I'd probably say Prince. Um, I went to the Tampa Super Bowl with Whitney Houston. That's as emotional as I've ever gotten. Now, I didn't go with her. I went to the Super Bowl with my (laughs) wife, and Whitney Houston did the anthem. Now, that's not a halftime show, but that's as emotional as I've ever felt at a Super Bowl. When they did the anthem, and she was she was wonderful, spectacular. Uh, Mike in South Dakota. Hi, Mike. What's on your mind? Hi, Dan. Thanks for taking my call. Um, first time, long time. Um, the one thing that's funny is I actually played golf with John Elway once, and someone called him Troy Aikman. Uh, <laughs> didn't go didn't go over that well. All right. Uh, well, thank you. So yeah. That was, yeah, and then uh, the other thing I was going to add to that is uh, I think um, Dave Winfield has probably need some consideration as a top athlete. I know I would go Bo Jackson, but I think Dave Winfield was awesome too. All right. So. That's a that's a that's a good call. Winfield was drafted, I think, in four sports. I think he might have been drafted in soccer. Could you check that? Get some of my best people on uh, if Dave Dave Winfield, he was a very good basketball player, obviously a Hall of Famer in baseball, um, football, and I think it was soccer. Might be the only guy ever drafted by in four different sports. Bob Nightingale, USA Today, is reporting that uh, baseball's commissioner, Rob Manfred, will address the media within an hour this morning in which he's expected to announce that spring training will officially be delayed with the next round of negotiations scheduled for Saturday. We'll take a break. Deion Sanders set to join us. Back after this, Dan Patrick Show. 
DraftKings, DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, giving you 56 to 1 odds to uh, win. And you can bet on either team. Bet $5, get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York if Sportsbook isn't in your state yet. Play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. Make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code PATRICK to get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5, get 280 in free bets, bets if your team wins. That's code PATRICK at DraftKings Sportsbook. You have to be at least 21 years of age, minimum age, and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources void where prohibited. Got a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Connecticut, 888-789-7777 in New York. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Where other vans stop short, Mercedes-Benz vans go far beyond from their customization options, cutting-edge tech, to their five-star sales service financial support crew. Mercedes-Benz vans built equipped, engineered to be ready for anything. Go the extra mile, taking the all-important first step into an authorized dealership today. He's Coach Prime, Coach Deion Sanders, Jackson State head coach, and, of course, Hall of Famer, joining us on behalf of Gillette, which we'll uh, talk about here in a moment. Sorry we don't have you in the man cave, but you're looking good. How would you sum up the last month for you, Dion? It's been great. First of all, I got to give you thanks, my man. You remember this This kind of started on your show. I, I told you my plans on the show. Well, were we in Miami? Where, where was that? That was Miami. It was Miami. You guaranteed and, that you would be coaching, head coach. <laughs> but it started with you. I mean, it was it was a reality. I knew what I was getting ready to do. And uh, I thank you for the platform like you always provide me, man. You, you're a great guy. You know that. You're a great guy. Everybody loves you, man. And but, I appreciate you. But when did you realize or come up with the plan of how do I make this bigger? I The program might not be bigger recognition-wise, but how can I make this bigger wherever I go? Well, Dan, that's who I am. Um, coming into the NFL, you got to understand that defensive back was one of the lowest paid positions, but we performed and made it bigger. Going into uh, um, just taking that position and going from team to team, city to city, everything w- was bigger. So this is no different from once I played. That's just who I am and that's what I do and that's how I go about my job. And I just want to make people uh, more comfortable uh, alarm, sound the alarm, and let people know what HBCUs have, and that's what I'm pretty good at. Take me into the room or come into my living room and sell me. I don't have to sell you. I, don't, I ain't selling nothing. That's the thing about it. I don't, I don't sell anything. I don't have anything to sell. I'm going to pretty much allow you to understand that I've sat on three sides of the table. I'm in the living room like you. I'm the parent, and I've been the kid. Now I'm the coach. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a heck of an advantage because I know the thought processes of everyone in, provided in this room. So I'm, I'm not selling anything, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to promise you that if you send me a boy, I'm going to send you back a man. Are you closing mom? Are you closing the actual recruit? Um, it depends on who is the influencer. Influencer. It depends on, see, oftentimes, now, Dan, you got to understand, man, 
Sometimes it's the 707 coach. Sometimes it's the high school coach. Sometimes it's the dad. Sometimes it's the mom. Sometimes it's the uncle. You, you don't know who it is. Uh, I focused on the heart and and I just tell, I'm, I'm honest, man. I'm just brutally honest. I'm not promising you no NIL. I'm praying that you get to the NFL. And I'm just telling you what it is. I'm going to give you an opportunity. And I'm going to make sure you're, where you lay your head, it's going to be comfortable. And you're going to get three meals a day. Everything else is on you. If you ran the NCAA, what would you do with name, image, and likeness? Um, HBCUs are at a tremendous disadvantage because of the giving, because of the boosters, because of the uh, uh, amount of visual and understanding. So I would alter the rules. It, it would be different rules for, for, for FCS other than FBS. It, it, it's, it's not equatable. It don't even make sense. So we would be able to do a little more, a little more with our kids. Would you put a cap on it? You can't cap it. No, no. You can't. You can't cap it. I mean, uh, this is the problem I have. Like, you have some guys at FBSs that you hear that man, they're getting eight hundred or nine hundred or a million dollars. Dan, what have you seen them on? What What are they endorsing? I ain't seen it yet. <laughs> but you have, you know, HBCU kids. You have someone like my son. You've seen him with the Brady line, with Beats, uh, uh, Gatorade. You, you've seen the stuff. It's tangibly. You can see it. I hadn't seen any of the others. The kid that left Ohio State that said he was close to – how do you let somebody walk away with close to a million dollars that you said? The kid from Oklahoma that left and went to South Carolina, how, how do you walk away? <laughs> I don't understand that. And now you've got some of the big schools that pay their linemen. Every lineman that signs get 50 grand. We can't compete with that, man. We, we can't compete with that. There's no equality in it. What would you have gotten at Florida State with name, image, and likeness? Uh, I probably had uh, pro probably name, image, and likeness on the stadium. I probably had. Don't <laughs> 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 <Prime Stadium. laughs> stadium. Do you, do you still are you able to run at all when you go out to practice? You know, when, uh, when kids want to challenge you. Well, well, Dan, I went through some some heck of a things this season. So, no, not now. Before I went through all my trials and tribulations this season, I, I'm barely walking right now. So, before, yeah, before, yes, I was I was being able to show them, not tell them what to do, but show them. How's your health now? I'm just getting better. I'm, I'm walking, you know, uh, I'm walking slowly, slowly. But it, it's probably a cool walk that you have. It's just a slow walk. I'm getting there. It, it's a beat. Now, it's a beat in my head when I'm walking. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I was talking to Troy Aikman. Troy was with us last hour, and I said, uh, better athlete, Dion or Bo Jackson? He said, well, I got to go Dion. He was my teammate. That's my guy. Let me ask you, better athlete, you or Bo Jackson? Athlete, I'm a better athlete. Bo physically is a specimen that his strength, his strength is you're going to see it when he walks up to you and when he played the game. But you talk about Basketball, fishing, you, yeah, I, I can do it. I can, <laughs> I can do it Wait, all. He's a heck of a hunter. He could out-hunt me. Okay, but you can out-fish him. 
I got to fish him all day long. You know, I would actually watch that, just you and Bo fishing and talking. Because we would, t- you think about it, Bo and I have sat down once in the locker room in Chicago when I was playing for the Reds, I believe, and I wasn't playing on that Sunday. And he came over to our locker room, and I was I had an off day. We sat and talked for hours, man. I, I wish America would have been able to witness that, and we want to do it again. We haven't really sat down and just chopped it up in the last 20 years or so. And I love him. If it weren't for Bo, it wouldn't have been no prime. How so? Bo paved the way, man. He, he, uh, he, he set the bar. It, it has to be something that a man chases. And he set the bar for me to chase something, man. And, uh, and I applaud him for that. I never mentally was against Bo. I've always said, dang, that dude is unbelievable, man. And I, 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 that challenged me to get to that level. Okay, so who's setting the standard for you as a coach? What, what are you chasing? Who are you chasing? Uh, shoot. Coach Saban. Coach Saban is the bar. Coach Saban is the magna cum laude, man. Coach Saban and his program and the way he runs his program is, is all of that. I admire it. I love it. When we shot the Affleck spot, shoot, I took a few of my coaches down to glean from their coaches. I know some of his coaches on staff. Uh, we've watched them in off-season training. We, we've simulated a lot of things. He is the gold standard and will always be. But you aspire to be in the SEC, or you aspire to be in, you know. I aspire to dominate where my feet are. I don't say I'm going to be in the SEC, I'm going to be in the Power Five. Wherever my feet are, I'm going to be dominant. Why didn't Florida State hire you to begin with? I have no idea. There were three others, too. (laughs) (laughs) Who were the other schools that made a mistake? They were were Power (laughs) Five. Yeah. Yeah. But what was the holdup? Excuse me? What, what, what was the holdup with these schools, and why, why was there hesitancy? Well, Willy Wonka. You know, I come from a chocolate factory, man. I don't know if they want Willy Wonka. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they want Willy Wonka running the universe. <laughs> I, I, I didn't hear the commissioner yesterday say anything about Willy Wonka during his press conference there, Dion. <laughs> has something to do with it. <laughs> uh, what would you suggest to the commissioner about hiring practices in the NFL with minorities? Uh, I, would, I would go different. I, I wouldn't. I'm not fighting for the coaches. I, I, I'm a guy that's an advocate for ownership. I would want to expand into three more cities. I, I would say, let's expand to three more cities. And three of those cities, we have to mandate um, African-American or ethnic ownership. Then let it roll wherever it may be. But it has to be a mandate. Three cities, wherever those are, has to be ethnic, ethnic owned. Uh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Instead of of going at the middle level, let's go to the top and see where it falls. But, you know, Dion, it feels like every year it's Groundhog Day, and the commissioner has his State of the Union, and we keep talking about the hiring practices. And then next thing you know, we got a Super Bowl, and then we move on to the combine, and then the draft, and then we forget about all of this stuff. You can't make no billionaire hire who he – Yes. Who he doesn't want to hire? You, that, that's not going to happen. Yeah. You can't make me hire a, a cook or a housekeeper that I don't want to hire in my house. That's my house. Yeah. You're not going to come here and tell me what to do in my house. That's not going to happen. 
So let's just go to the top. I'd rather us own the house. Then we call the shots in the house. <laughs> That's great. Uh, the Pro Bowl. I saw where you were tweeting about how they the, the Pro Bowl doesn't have an identity, Dion. What uh, what could we do? Can we salvage the Pro Bowl? No, because the players are different. They, the thought processes are different. So it's unsalvageable. You can't. They don't want to play. They don't want to participate. They don't want to compete. Anything after the season, they do not want to compete. And they're afraid of the injury and aspect as if we didn't think about that as well. But, you know, when you're a competitor, man, you don't think about getting hurt. When I walk on the field, I didn't think about, oh, man, I may get hurt. When I get in the car, I think, hey, man, I may have an accident. No, you, you have on protection. Uh, that was absurd, what, what transpired in uh, Vegas. It, it really was. We got to – you got to go in a different direction. That's not right. Um, the fans don't deserve that. The players got to really think about what they're displaying on field. I don't know who was the guy that came up and said, guys, we just going to play touch football. I know. Who was that guy? He should be fine. Did you ever ask a quarterback to autograph an interception ball? No. At practice, I did in college. <laughs> but, yeah, but, but you would never ask like I would, any, I would never trade jerseys and take off my jersey and give it to another man after the game either I would never do that I would never I'm going to fight and go ahead against Jerry Rice and we're going to stand there on the field after the game <laughs> uh, no that my era we we weren't friendly like that we were cool me and playmaker I love him to life but we weren't doing that after the game I, I didn't want nothing to do with you after no no, they'll, they'll, the game has changed. Everybody, even in the NBA, man, everybody's friends now, man. Everybody's homeboys. Everybody look up to one another that you're playing against. I'm not looking up to the guy I'm playing against. I'm not, I'm not putting him on a pedestal. I'm trying to destroy him. Uh, what are you doing with Gillette? Some wonderful things, man. Gillette uh, provides me options, and I love it. I got to get this tagline now. It gives a shave and quick and easy as washing your face, and that's the God honest truth. I'm a shaver, man. If I don't, if I go a day and a half with that shave, I'm fully great. I'm fully great. And Gillette makes it so darn easy for me. They're doing some wonderful activations at the Super Bowl. Uh, um, nationwide, check out uh, Santa Monica. Go to Gillette.com slash skate. They're doing some wonderful things, man, some wonderful giveaways, and I'm excited. I mean, I'm a Gillette guy. My sons, I've taught them how to shave at an early age. They're able to do partner with me in this campaign, and I love it. I really do. So if I go to Jackson State, I don't get name, image, and likeness. I just get a razor. No, no, no. You don't get name. If, if you're good. If you're good, <laughs> I'm not, I'm yeah. not promising that. You got to play first. How can a how can a how do you have value coming out of high school? How do what what is your value? You gotta you gotta prove something, right? I, I would think you have to prove something, man. I, I don't I don't get it. I, I'm happy that these kids are, are are making money and they're doing their thing, but you got to prove yourself. That's that's the world I lived in. That's the world I grew up in. You got to prove yourself first. Yeah, I might have to come down there and uh, work out. You got to. We're yeah. gonna make sure you're properly shaved with Gillette, and we're gonna. Make- <laughs> <laughs> I can finally beat you in the forty. You can right now. <laughs> I, right. I can beat you in the. I don't care when I beat you, but if if I beat you, that's it. Right now. Right now, I think you can. It's small window, and I like my chances here. Uh, I'm not together. I don't have all my digits. <laughs> uh, great to talk to you as always. Congrats, and uh, thanks again. You're a class act, man. I love you. Uh, and, and let me tell you something. I haven't forgotten about those grills. 
you bless me so much. Those grills are unbelievable, man. Well, I got Chad from Traeger out in the parking lot. And he is, they're cooking up uh, lunch today and tomorrow with the Traeger grills. I'm thankful for Gillette and and, uh, my relationship with them because I actually shave every day. But what you did for me with Traeger, I... I'm serious. Every time I grill, I think about you. Every time we barbecue or something, and it's Sunday, I'm going to think about you, man. So I appreciate you. Thank you, Dion. That's you, uh, Dion Sanders, Jackson State head coach and, of course, Hall of Famer, joining us on behalf of Gillette. Max Crosby of the Raiders set to join us next. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR, or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. All in-studio guests, they receive gift bags by Panini America, the official trading cards of the DP Show, Link Soul Apparel, a lifestyle brand for any occasion, and M-Drive, don't let age beat you, refind your prime with M-Drive. He's Max Crosby, the Las Vegas Raiders defensive end, Pro Bowl defensive MVP, and a uh, fourth-round pick out of Eastern Michigan. And uh, Max joins us on the program, I believe. Is Max ready? He, he's coming down the hallway. I hope he's, he didn't go to the Traeger Grill. <laughs> we'll get some more phone calls as well. Uh, Adam Sandler on the program tomorrow. Come on in, Max. Uh, Ed Orgeron, former LSU coach, joining us. Hi, bud. What is up? How are you doing? I'm doing great. Doing great. Uh, well, we got some uh, got some jewelry on today, yeah, let's huh? Go a little bit. What yeah. do you got? What's the What's the most expensive thing on you? Probably the watch. I just got it. How much is that? more than I would like to pay. <laughs> you know, every year I got to, after the season, I have to, you know, I always get something just kind of, yeah. Okay, but do you have to clear that with anybody when you make oh, a yeah. purchase? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I do, a, you know, I do a very good job of, you know, managing and keeping things in order, but, you know, once in a while you got to spoil yourself a little bit. You're kind of a breakout star this year. Do you feel that way? Um, you know, I nationally, for, nationally. Yeah, I've noticed, you know, more attention and things like that. Um, but for me, it's just, you know, I try to stay in the day as much as I can. I don't try to look too far in the future, too far in the past. So, you know, obviously, it's awesome getting the attention and things like that. But um, staying humble and staying, staying grounded is is just as important. Now, I don't know how valuable it is to be the most valuable defensive player in a Pro Bowl where nobody tackled anybody, Max. But yeah. I mean, I don't know where you put that trophy in your trophy case when they go, "Oh, is that the Pro Bowl where nobody tackled anybody?" Okay, who who lets everybody know? What was the agreement where we go? We're just going to have two hand touch. Honestly, there wasn't an agreement. Um, once the game started. I got off the ball and I noticed everyone was kind of moving in slow motion. So I was trying to like act in a way to try to, you know, but after, as the game went on, 
you know, there was a big bonus. So, you know, Vrabel is a competitive guy. He wanted to win. Everybody on our team was like, all right, we're going to, like, kind of go with the flow, but we, we wanted to win. So, yeah, you know, there's a couple third downs and fourth downs where we kind of were rushing a little bit. Okay, but for the most part, somebody had to go. We put our the, – the officials had to know this as well. That 100%. When right. Mac, Mac Jones is running and then they put their hands on him, they blow the whistle. Yeah. And I'm like – and Mac, he keeps jump. Uh, you know, he's going towards the end zone. Yeah, that was a tough thing. Is short yardage was the hardest thing of the whole game because you get to fourth and two or third and two, whatever. And you run the ball and someone just touches the running back, it was done. So you basically had to throw the ball every single play. So it's kind of a fine line there. Did you talk amongst each other? <laughs> not, not really. There wasn't any agreement or like a common ground. It just everyone was just kind of chilling the whole time. So it was, yeah, it was different. Uh, tell the story as you've I'm sure done many times this week. How yep. you got the extra X in Max? <laughs> yeah. So as a child, you know, I was uh, as I was being born, I was tw- almost 12 pounds, and I was stuck in my mom. So I was literally <laughs> couldn't they couldn't get me out. My mom almost killed my mom so they had to break my shoulder to get me out and my mom as i was being named obviously they knew i was gonna be max but they put an extra x on there once they asked because i was yeah i was double x so it kind of you know it kind of worked out you know how it's supposed to i might have added another x on there but then that might have been that signified a different career there for you max yeah yeah catapulted to me yeah Uh, (laughs) where i needed to go Also, uh, tell me if this is correct, that uh, you weren't the most famous guy in your high school. Uh, no, I wouldn't say so. I, I feel like... Who was the most famous person in your high school? From my high school? Um, that's tough. Christian Ponder was a oh, okay. a former Colleyville Heritage guy. Was there somebody, I feel like you know somebody that I don't know, and that's, I'm probably going to get in trouble now. Did Post Malone go to... No, he went to Grapevine, our rival. Oh. Our rival, yeah. But and he's I know a Chiefs Post. fan, too. Cowboy fan. I thought he was a Chiefs fan. No, Didn't, he's didn't he go perform with the uh, Chiefs when they won the Super Bowl? He might have. Oh, he might have done that if they pay him. Yeah, 100%. Oh, but he's a Cowboy fan. He's a diehard Cowboy fan. No. Yeah, unless he changed. I don't know. I haven't, well, I haven't talked to him. You know how these kids are nowadays. They change. They I, change. I got your draft profile there. There's a piece of paper right there. Oh, here we now, go. <laughs> now, this will be good. I'm now, excited now to see I this. So Aaron Rodgers has done it. Von Miller, J.J. Watt. They've all done this. Uh, so you're you're in line with some Hall of Famers there. We just ta- we just took the bad stuff that they said about you coming out of Eastern yeah, Michigan. This will be good. All right. So you ready? Yes, sir. All right. Go ahead. All right. Dominated smaller competition and hasn't been tested by elite blockers. I understand that somewhat. Okay. To a degree, gets caught standing up out of his stance, which is disastrous for a small chested defense. <laughs> Are you small-chested? I guess so. Okay. That I've never heard that one before. That, okay. was, that was weirdly descriptive. Now, these are real draft yeah. profile comments. No, I, I believe it. Okay, what else do you have? We'll struggle to control the point as a pro. I've, I've, yeah, I heard that a lot. Okay. Um, lacks explosiveness out of his stance, forcing him to play catch-up coming off the line. That's tough. I don't know. That's you ran tough. a four six forty, I yeah. believe. That's tough. I mean, that your biggest weapon feels like being explosive. I feel like at that, especially at that time, I was a lighter guy. But you know, <laughs> is what it is. Um, can be tight in the hips, especially early in pass rush. 
What does that mean? I don't know what that means. (laughs) I guess a little stiff is what they're trying to say, but I don't know what early in pass rush means. I don't know. Is that early in the game or? I I don't know. Okay. Either early in the game or like early in the beginning of the play or something. I don't know. Okay. What else? That's interesting. Uh, Running backs and quarterbacks break from his clutches. Ooh. Interesting. Wow. Not in the Pro Bowl they didn't. Yeah, I guess so. Exactly. Elementary rush, <laughs> elementary rush approach and fails to use hands as consistent weapons. I think I know who wrote that. And we, yeah, I think I do. Okay. But it, I won't name him because, yeah. But that's actually, that's funny. I like that. Wow. Which one bothers you the most? <laughs> um, I think the elementary, the elementary rush approach or the small chested defender. Yeah, the small yeah. chested. I've never heard a guy described as small chested. That's wow. Pro comp Jeremiah Tacho. Um, let's do the wow. Max Crosby Max bench. One rep. Paulie, you go first. Oh, uh, boy. I'm going to go 475. I might be low. 475 benching? That's, wow. That's a lot of weight. Seaton? That's I was going to go 375. All right. Fritzy? I'm going to say 410. He's small chested. Hey, he was small chested. <laughs> I'm gonna, defensive end for the week. I'm going to do one bench, one rep, 340. It's probably around there. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't done a sink like a one rep max in a long time, but probably be around three. Yeah. Probably 340, 350, somewhere in that range. Maybe more, maybe less. I don't know. Strongest guy you've played against? Um, Probably. Probably Tyrone Smith. Oh yeah, he, he's his hands are the strongest things I've ever felt touch my body. In my life. <laughs> <laughs> we played Dallas this year. Me and Yannick, after like the first series, we both we were flopping sides. We came to the bench. We looked at each other like, bro, you gotta just. If his hands are on you, it's over. It's really? over. Yeah, he's. It's. I don't even know how to explain it. You can't move. So yeah, you gotta. Speed of power on him. It's the only way. Do you hold grudges? Do I hold grudges? Uh, not anymore. I feel like as a younger guy, I used to care about everything. And but if somebody cheap shots you in the NFL, um, goes at your legs or anything like that? Not really. I'm used to it. I feel like that's like tight ends. I know they're going to go at my legs because they don't want to, you know, go chest to chest with you. So well, you're small chested. Yeah, too. I'm small chested. So I guess maybe yeah. not. But yeah, you know. I don't hold grudges like that. You know, I feel like I, I tend to get over things pretty pretty quick. Uh, you're joining us on behalf of uh, Reframe? Yes, sir. You want to give the spiel? Yeah, we can give a quick little rundown. You know, uh, Reframe, best uh, best sobriety app in the world. Um, you know, it just it gives people a tool, you know, to stay sober. It's a community. It's got a, um, you know, they do a great job. You know, for me, I'm a guy who's a part of that community, almost two years sober. So, you know, this app is a, is a great uh Great thing for people. When did you know you needed help? Um, honestly, I feel like since the day I, when I first started drinking, I knew I was a little bit different than everybody. I couldn't handle it um, the same. So, yeah, you know, it, it, it just it just got progressively worse as time went on. So, um, once it got to that point where I just looked myself in the mirror, I was like, "What am I doing?" You know, I'm in the NFL. I got a lot of things going for me, um, and it was the one crutch I've always had. So, um, it got to a point where it was just unmanageable. So, you know, I had to had to make a change. But also, we use it as a crutch because sometimes we're, you know, in social situations. Like you lean on a beer, yeah. you know, that hey, I'm now funnier or I'm more 
engaging with people. Did, did you do that? Yeah, you know, I feel like it. that's the thing. Like, you talk to a lot of people who had drinking problems or smoking, whatever it may be. Um, it helped them in that way. Like, for me, I know it was like my saving grace as a young kid because I was insecure growing up and things of that nature. But once I took took that first drink, I was like, oh, my God, this is my thing. Like, I was in love because I could t go up and talk to that girl that I wanted to talk to, or, you know, things like that. So, yeah, you know, early on, it was like it saved my life. I was I needed it. But then after time, you know, time goes on. It just became something that was continuously holding me back. How important are tattoos to you? <laughs> um, I've always loved tattoos. When Even when I was, like, young in high school, um, you know, I, my first tattoo, I literally took my brother's ID, and he looks nothing like me. <laughs> and <laughs> I went into the tattoo shop, and they just looked at me, and I was 17, and they were just like, all right, and just let me, let me do it. So, yeah. Um, I don't normally I look at a man's thighs, but I'm looking at your thigh. Yeah. Is that, is that a, a map? Yeah, so I got Michigan here and Texas here, and I've, I'm getting the whole my whole legs done and everything. So, yeah, it just hurts, so I haven't finished it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the thigh hurts a lot? Horribly. Yeah, the thighs are terrible. The back of the neck, terrible. Okay, but why yeah. do you do it if it hurts so bad? I just like how they look, you know. <laughs> but I don't like going through the pain. I, just, I try to get numbing cream, but it, it wears off after a while, so you just got to gotta suck it up. What's the one where you went home and mom went, what are you doing? <laughs> um, I don't My mom is, like, my, like, best friend, so she's, like, she wants me to do stuff like that. Like, if I, if I love it, she's like, oh, yeah, go do it, Max. Like, I was a kid, and she, I came home with a big tattoo. My first one was on my forearm. I just punched myself in the chest. <laughs> it's, I got this big one on my grandma, my great-grandma um, on my forearm, and it was just, I was in high school, and she was like, oh, I love it. <laughs> she was encouraging me to get it. So, like, my mom, yeah, my mom's awesome. She, in that way, she's just, she, she's, like, my biggest fan, and my dad would just kind of sit back and be like, he doesn't really care. He so. care. Yeah. He's like, all right, do whatever you're going to do. Uh, it's great to, great to talk to you. Congratulations on all your success. Um, you can hang with us as we get ready to close out the show. Fritzy on the show tomorrow is? We've got uh, Adam Sandler, Ed Orgeron, and Drew Brees Drew among Brees. Friday's guests. Once again, Max was joining us on behalf of Reframe. And uh, for more detail, reframe.com. Can you go to that, Max? Do you know if the... Yeah, so it's an app. So you oh, go to the app, app store, download it, and uh, yeah, it's smooth. Reframe Ref app. Reframe yep. app. Great. Yes, sir. Uh, what we learned brought to you by Butcher Box. Uh, we got the meat outside on the Traeger grills. You should stop out and get some grub there, Max. Butcherbox.com slash Patrick to get two pounds of ground beef free in every order. That's coming up. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on the Dan Patrick Show. One more item as we close out this Thursday show. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation broke ground on its Do Good Village in Land Lakes, Florida. It's the first of its kind. What it is is a community of 110 homes for the foundation's program recipients. So together, families can heal. And it's a special place where families know that their neighbors understand and care. A community where the children of our nation's fallen or catastrophically injured heroes can grow and experience life and do that together. The Foundation's Do Good Village is going to help these families beyond measure. And it's all thanks to an extraordinary donation of many acres of land and your generosity. You can help out, help America's greatest heroes and their families heal together. Make the Do Good Village the first of many communities like it. With every mortgage-free home, the Foundation makes good on its promise to do good 
and never forget the sacrifices. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Letter T, number two, letter T.org. Thank you.